everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm writing for The Athletic, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Christopher Bell, who is trying to stay alive in the round of eight and uh, make the final four, but he's obviously has a tough road to do so at this point after getting caught up in the Bubba Wallace-Kyle Larson wreck at Las Vegas. But either way, before that Las Vegas race, we were able to stand outside on a nice sunny day in the garage at Las Vegas and do this interview. So let's give it a listen. All right, everybody, I'm with Christopher Bell for another 12 questions. I think fifth year in a row we've done this, so appreciate that, first of all. Uh, First one is, how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? How do you feel about it? Well, I, I was uh, I was hoping that I would start a movement and that people would go, oh, yeah, you don't do that. Don't do that. And most drivers this year have been like, no, it's fine. It's, it's cool. Like, no problem. So, so you're anti. I'm anti. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've never been anti. But I, so honestly, I never even thought about it. Like, it was never even a thing in, in my head. And then I was on a commercial flight. Uh, I don't know when it was. It, it might have been this year or last year. And uh, I got basically MF'd because I reclined my seat. And oh. So then it opened up my eyes like, holy smokes, like there is a whole other world out here that doesn't <laughs> believe in that. But wow. yeah, I mean, if, if you get reclined on, then you just recline your seat and everyone lives on. So that's the way I've always thought Somebody about it. Somebody has to start it though. Someone you know? has to start yeah. it, but I, I guess I've always been that guy. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, how often do you get recognized at the grocery store? Never. Really? Yeah. I. I, I don't think I've ever been recognized at the grocery store. That's surprising to me. Yeah. Okay. I guess you, you just sort of have like this nice clean cut face. You can just blend in anywhere you go. You don't like jump out. You don't have like the Corey LaJoy, like long flowing locks or something. People go like, whoa, oh yeah, that's a guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've never gotten recognized in the okay. grocery store yet. Interesting. Uh, so on a scale one to 10, how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner? Um... So I'm going to give myself a 9.5. Wow. Because, so my phone is always in my pocket mm-hmm. and whenever it buzzes, I look at it. So, and if it's an easy text message, that's just like, you know, a, a, the aunt, like I know the answer immediately or I can reply immediately. I always do. So, and then I always, I'm a big red receipts guy too. So wow. I always have red receipts on and uh, yeah, so they'll, they'll know that I read it and saw it. And if it's an easy question, then I'll reply immediately. If it's a little bit harder then like, I'll, you know, have to wait until I get time to sit down and think about it or look it up or whatever. So, uh, but regardless, I'm very easy to get a hold of and, uh, yeah, always respond as quick as I can. That's very courteous. And I feel like you've redeemed yourself from reclining your seat. So, uh, (laughs) what is the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? Oh man, I don't know. I guess the, uh, the the fake phone call is one, but it it's a, that's an awkward spot for sure. Um, I guess the fake phone call would be my number one. I mean, if if you are taking your phone out a lot, if it's that's always true. in your pocket, that's you'd be true. Like, oh yeah, how would and you so, know? Like, and honestly, that that is one of my pet peeves is people that don't reply because your phone's always in your pocket, right? Like if it buzzes, you, you, you look at it. Like, I don't understand how it's such a big deal to like, if your phone buzzes, you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Uh, if you could pick only one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be? Probably, I don't know, I guess Instagram just because it's, uh, 
it's pictures and you don't really there it seems like there's a lot less negativity on there mm-hmm. um yeah i would say instagram okay that makes sense uh what advice would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made i guess just don't don't think about it like you can't you got you got to move on life goes on um and the biggest thing that i've found that helps me is like time heals right so like mm-hmm. then when you make a mistake in that moment it feels like the world's ending and depending on how big it is tomorrow it might feel like the world's ending but as time goes on you'll you'll always heal and you have to remember that yeah okay so this next one is a wild card question i'm mixing up for each person and it just strikes me you know having seen your journey in a very short time you know your, your profile gets bigger and bigger here you are in the round of eight you know more people want to talk to you more people want to hear from you you know we've we've all been going around every, lately asking all the drivers opinions on everything so you get put in a spot where it's either like okay you have to say how you feel but then that creates blowback like with denny and harvick or you can just sort of you know try to not say as much but then people say oh th- this driver is boring or if you don't say your opinion so yeah, that's me okay <laughs> so what i guess my question was going to be what what is the balance of that like how do you navigate that world where people want both things from you but yeah it's i don't know it's it's impossible and, and i've always uh you know respected guys like tony stewart and kyle bush and and harvick you know because they they tell it how it is but you know for me I am very much labeled as the the boring guy, the guy that nobody ever thinks about, and, and, and which is fine. And I would rather just go drive a you know a car without my name on it, and and nobody know who I am. I would rather it be that way. But um, yeah, I definitely try to stay out of confrontation. I guess is a good way to put it. But it's you know it, it's definitely labeled me as a guy that's has no personality. I guess. But so you're, that's worth the, I guess you feel like that, that has to be the trade-off for existing without having to deal with distractions, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it, it goes either way. And I was actually just having this conversation with uh, one of my mentors the other day, like maybe I need to become a little bit more vocal and a little bit more, I don't know what the right word is. Um, I guess vocal is a good word for it, but to get my personality out to the media a little or media fans a little bit more but you know it just comes with such a price right like i go back to the denny tweeted a meme that was completely harmless and and he got absolutely roasted on social media for tweeting a meme Mm -hmm. and and so like i just always and i actually did one the other day i don't i don't think anyone saw it but uh my buddy posted a picture of me um and kyle's kyle bush's late model and it had uh, the bell helmet sticker on the car and I said, thanks, cheap ass, for not buying me a name sticker. But then I'm like, I tweeted it. I actually tweeted it. And then I deleted it immediately because I didn't want to get in trouble for it. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Someone's going to take this out of context, and I'll be in trouble. Context is, that's yeah. The fans jump on everything. I, I hear you. And media, too. Yeah. Um, if someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration? It definitely depends on how bad it is. But uh, I don't know. I've never been put in that position. Um, so I, I don't know, but definitely instinct or reaction would take over and, and not, and whatever, whatever I felt in the moment I would do. Okay. Uh, what movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year? So th- I'm not a movie guy and I probably have watched maybe two or three movies 
um, this year. And, and I know one of them was on the flight coming out here. So I, I'm just not a movie guy. TV? Uh, not really. You know, I'll watch dirt races on uh, whenever they're broadcasted on the internet, whenever I'm sitting at home in the evening. Uh, watch those or, or football. What, what do you, you must have like extra time then, or what do you do with your, what do you do like to stay busy, I guess? Man, I, so I don't get bored. That, that's, okay. that's a really big thing between me and my wife because she's the opposite. Like <laughs> Morgan always gets bored and I, I just don't. Like I can be perfectly content laying on the couch, either talking or not talking and, um, you know, I'll text my buddies or whatever, but I don't really get bored. That's a good quality right there. Uh, when you think about NASCAR five years from now, what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most? I guess the business model worries mm -hmm. me. I know we're in a uh, really hard negotiation, or, or not we, but the teams are with NASCAR to try and change that business model. And it would be amazing if we could get something developed where we can hire drivers and stop having to bring rental drivers in. So that would be really good. But, you know, it, it's been going on for so long that I feel like five years from now and if nothing changes is the sport going to die probably not mm -hmm. but definitely the faces are going to continue to change until the we can start hiring the best drivers to be in the best cars and what are you the most optimistic about um it, it seems like the uh the crowds are up you know and, and i have a short cup career and my first year was the covid year but it definitely seems like crowds are healthy uh for the most part so I would hope that we're able to continue to grow and, and get back to a, a happy place like we were a couple years ago. Okay. Um, so Magic Genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over, but you get to retain all the knowledge and experience that you have now. So do you stay where you are in the present or do you go back um, and do it all again? And I feel like that's cheating, right? <laughs> if you could go back and do it all. But honestly, I, I, I love my life and I try and live in the moment and and I, I wouldn't change anything like I, I my memories that I have I, I wouldn't want to change them okay that's that's a good answer so uh, each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person and last one was with Ryan Blaney so his question for you is what are the biggest differences you see in the dirt world to the asphalt world everything from the racing to the culture to the fan base the racing to the culture to the what to the fan base like what to are the, the differences between yeah uh, dirt man and this asphalt. is so the fan base is much less polarizing on the dirt side like hmm. you're you're able to just walk around and, and you're not mobbed by fans and and you're i feel like you're you're more respected as a human being on hmm. on the dirt side and, wow. and you see that probably too whenever you go to chili bowl or knoxville like all the drivers just are another guy they're out there commingling with fans drinking beers with them and you know they're respected as a human being yeah um, so why do you think that is because yeah it's like I, you know i'll go to knoxville and larson just walks down the concourse and you know it's like no he's not yeah it's not, not you, like you don't you don't do him. that here yeah, yeah so what so why how does that i guess how can how can that be so different i i have no idea and i've always been perplexed by it and and wondered the same thing um so i don't know but it is an extreme difference Maybe, maybe that they know that they can meet you guys later or anytime they want there. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't know. Your, yeah. your guess is as good as mine. Huh. That's um, super interesting. So yeah, that's a big difference about the fan base. What is, uh, what was, what was uh, your, the racing, the racing, 
Um, yeah, they said, sorry. Everything from the racing to the culture to the fan base. Okay, we'll go to culture next. It, it definitely seems like the dirt community is a lot more tight, like a, a tight group, and everybody commingles with everybody. You know, in, in the NASCAR garage, every everyone does, nobody like wants to be friends, or nobody <laughs> wants to, for example, if I go to driver intros on Sunday, if I don't insert myself into a conversation, I'll stand by myself. And that's what I do most of the time is I'm standing by myself. But whenever I go to an outlaw race, and if I haven't been there in five months or if I've been there five times in the last two weeks, that it's always you, you just you know talk about the race, you talk about what you did that week, like you just talk. Huh. And that, that's always been very um, strange to me too. And strange. Yeah, yeah. very strange. Yeah. And then... The racing, uh, I don't know, maybe I would say more respect for the most part on, like if you if you consider the road courses, uh, like what we have going on right now at the end of the races, like that just doesn't happen in sprint car racing anyway. Mm-hmm. Midget racing and, and micro <laughs> racing is a little bit different, but like whenever you go run with the outlaws or, you know, a high profile local event or the all-stars, um, you rarely have run-ins and and people respect each other maybe it's the danger of the the cars or or i don't know what it is but the respect level seems to be greater on that side yeah wow that's really interesting uh so the next interview is actually with richard petty so do you have a question that i could ask the king so i would love to know and it always intrigues me like i remember going back and talking to uh Dale Blaney and, and sprint car drivers and talk about the evolution of a sprint car. So for Richard Petty, what has been the most positive change over his stint in the sport, whether that's a car change, um, a format change, like the stages, the playoffs, what's been the most positive, one thing that he's enjoyed and the, the most negative? I love it. I love it. I'm excited to ask him that. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everybody, there you have it. And unfortunately, bad news to immediately dump on you right here after that. As you heard, the next one was supposed to be with Richard Petty. And we were supposed to do that race day morning at Las Vegas. But right before the interview, when Richard Petty showed up at the track, turned out he had lost his voice, had no voice at all to do the interview. So we were not able to get that one done. Uh, I texted Christopher. And obviously, we know he uh, responds quickly. And I said, well, now I think the next one uh, might be with Kyle Busch. There's a possibility I might get Kyle Busch for the next interview. What question would you like? Do you want me to stick with the same one? He said, you know what? Kyle Busch has been around long enough that I will ask that same question I was going to ask Richard Petty to Kyle Busch. So if that one comes to fruition or whoever's next, uh, that will probably be the same question you just heard, but just wanted to let you know that didn't want to get you your hopes up about Richard Petty. Maybe we'll try next year with, uh, with the King. Anyway, um, I think there's only two or three of these left now. Um, so hopefully you've enjoyed this season and, uh, there will be an all new version of the questions next year, or maybe I'll mix it up entirely and do something different. Always get to this time of year and never quite sure, but, um, either way, appreciate you as always for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the 12 questions podcast.